0: The Art of Oppression podcast, week two. Documentary making is an art form. Would you agree with me that documentary making is an art form? As directors, we attempt to create meaning, understanding, and emotion, and to bring people's truths to light by the juxtapositioning of words, images, Music, sound and speech. I try to do that in order to bring insight, not to be didactic, but to introduce new worlds and people and experiences to those who maybe don't have access to those worlds and experiences. For me, it's important that we learn from others, that we understand others. We can never walk in their footsteps, but we can possibly walk beside them and understand their situation and their lives better. When I was looking for artists to participate in the art of oppression, I knew that I wanted three women from contrasting backgrounds. I wanted to bring three disparate voices together and through their work as artists and my treatment as director to understand more about their experiences as marginalised and racialized women and to discern where their lived experiences might converge as well as diverge, where their lived experiences might be similar and where contrasts could be made. As well as thinking about how I might help the women to tell their stories, I was also mindful of my potential audience. I believed that the subject matter, three women talking about art, racism and misogyny, was not a subject that would necessarily have mass appeal. But despite this innate belief, it was a story I felt compelled to tell. I wanted to create a filmic space that allowed for discovery, for reflection, for meaning and understanding of these and many other women. I was beginning to think about how I would construct the documentary and was conscious that my non-conventional approach may be a little disconcerting for some audience members, particularly because as an audience we have an instinctive, subconscious awareness and understanding of filmic grammar. We know when a shot looks bizarre, we anticipate cutaways and expect to be informed by establishing shots. And whilst I was not expecting my film The Art of Oppression to stray too far from convention, I knew that my approach was to offer some challenge. I was exploring how I might give agency to the women's voices and recall that a few years ago I discovered a book called Listening to Images by author and academic Tina M. Camp. In the book, Campte explores ways that people listen to photographs. Whilst that might immediately seem like a dichotomy in practice, is it actually possible to listen to images? Her explanation of how we attune our senses to those things we encounter in images made absolute sense to me. Campte suggests that there is a frequency that images register with us and impart meaning. Certainly, I know when I look at black and white photographs of my parents and their friends taken in the 1960s, I am experiencing more than just the image depicted. A relationship is formed between me and the men and women framed within the photographs. An implicit understanding of their lived experience is communicated in the quiet that envelops my engagement with each still. Kant said... Quiet registers sonically as a level of intensity that requires focused attention. And that the choice to listen to rather than simply look at images is a conscious decision to challenge the equation of vision with knowledge. This idea resonated with me as a director. I wanted to offer the audience a space and a silence that would enable them to encounter the women's stories, for it to register at a frequency that would challenge them to consider the knowledge and meaning they were acquiring. As part of my desire to focus the women's stories, I made the decision that they would not be seen in the first part of the film. We would hear them and encounter them in the process of creating their works of art, but not experience their embodied selves. By not showing their faces, my intention was to ensure that our understanding of them and their stories would not potentially be prejudiced by preconceived ideas of them as women. Instead, their voices were given primacy as the slow camera pans deliberately avoided identifying the women and instead offered long protracted images that accompanied the explanation of the art they were creating and the personal accounts of their marginalisation. In taking this approach, I was attempting to nurture a space and create a pace that allowed for reflection, contemplation, knowledge and meaning. Documentary making is an art form, particularly if non-conventional approaches to enabling a story is adopted. In the art of oppression, I was committed to ensuring the work did not speak for the participants, but instead, as documentary maker Trinti Minha wrote about, speaks nearby them. Through the documentary making process, I endeavoured to sculpt a piece that I hoped would give volume to the women's voices in their work. I wanted to find a way to encourage focused attention on their voices. It was important to give their voices primacy in order for their stories to resonate at a frequency that meant they were listened to and could be heard. This was to be a film that slowly exposed the issues the women encountered, that gradually revealed their vulnerabilities and in so doing focused their strengths, that created a platform from which their voices could be heard and offered a space from which new meaning could be determined. The art of oppression endeavoured to nurture a pace and a space that allowed us to hear about, learn from and appreciate the women's truths. One of my ambitions for the film was that it would enable us to be empathetic, to acknowledge each other's differences and to walk beside and understand those whose encounters are very different to our own. In the next episode, I talk about the power of the voice. The Art of Oppression is available to watch now on YouTube. The link is included in the information with this podcast.